0: Somebody has to chop down the beast. Everybody's everybody's afraid to say something to Bob. Somebody has to
1: chop down the beast. What the hell is that? God. oh, I deserve all of this, right? I yeah.
0: The intro. I'm Josh Anderson.
1: Bob Galen. Uh, we do we have a Metacast? I think. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to paint it too no, high. No, sell it, Bob. Uh, sell it. Sell it. So we have. Yeah. All right. Let me take a step Pro- back.
0: Probably the greatest Metacast ever.
1: <laughs> what What he said. What he said. I'm fully behind him all the way. Uh, no, we just. Uh, we. It's we just, a good one. Yeah, I think it's talking about roles and responsibilities and how to define them and how important they are. Uh, but not to uh, – Josh used a really wonderful uh, sort of uh, metaphor or analogy. It was uh, the three bears. So too hot, too cold, uh, too big, too small, just right. Mm-hmm. And I think that really hits the mark with roles and responsibilities from an agile point of view. Of uh, It's hard to get it just right. Uh, so uh, Josh talked a lot about the dude. I was sharing some of my experiences again. Like in anything that's just right, we're not telling you exactly what to do, but mm-hmm. we're giving you some experiences to play with. But it's worth playing with. So, uh, so, so, get ready. To
0: get ready. Get comfortable.
1: Get, get. You know, get a pen and paper. Get a cigar. Get a Cuban if you want. Because get a Cuban. Get a little. <laughs> get a little glassful of scotch or bourbon or your favorite embolation. but have the bottle ready have the bottle ready cuz you're going to want to you're going to want to get toasted cuz we're going we're going to get you we're going to get you jazzed up <laughs> Holy cow, what so, are we doing so get <laughs> so get ready so that's that's setting up the the medicast so Josh anything else anything
0: uh, else so we are going to talk about our first sponsor ever no yes who what when fluffy radio oh come on yeah. Fluffy radio. Fluffy radio.com is a sponsor is a sponsor. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah babe. All right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The, f- I like fluffy. So, uh,
0: listen online, free streaming, ultra high quality, top 40 pop radio songs, fluffy radio.com. They have apps. You can even talk to your Amazon echo and request a song.
1: No way. Way. How cool is that? Pretty sweet. Fluffy. Be a fluffinator. <laughs> All right, I don't know where that came now no that that is that is that is really good news yeah. uh we also got some feedback from a Medicast a requester mm-hmm. uh if you remember what one or three oh, I forget his name uh the gentleman in Scotland yeah remember gave us he yeah. was, he's like he was like thank you and you guys nailed it so uh I mean, that's nice, but we want to be helpful. So it was really cool to see that not only did we, you know, did we listen to your topic, but we sort of helped you with that topic. So
0: engage with us, and we will engage with you. We will answer your questions.
1: Absolutely. Uh, And create some dialogue, and you can go to the the MediCast blog. You can put comments in there. Uh, We are Servant MediCasters. So mind blown. So tell us tell us what you want us to do. Yep. If you want me I mean, if I'm talking too much. Big if tell me. And I'll try to stop.
0: For thirty seconds?
1: For thirty seconds. <laughs> if you want Josh to dance during a Metacast.
0: Oh, uh, we are trying to get video in
1: a hula skirt. I could do that. Yeah. With a with a moose head on. Sure. With a moose hat. Yep we'll videotape that for you. If
0: you guys go to Patreon.com and donate enough money, we will do that and we will make it
1: happen. No, not we. On video. No, no. The, the we wasn't part of that. That was you. No. Oh. Sorry, yeah, right. that's
0: fine. That's fine. I got but it. But you
1: nimble. you got the leg. Oh, you absolutely. got those dance ma- Yeah. Be, oh, yeah. You'd be on Dancing with the Stars. Yep. So any other news? Uh, events that we're going to be in a couple weeks, November, the week of November 14th, I'm going to be in uh, Orlando at the Agile Development uh, Practices Conference mm-hmm. uh, for the week. Uh, I have a workshop on Tuesday, a track session on Thursday, and I'm hanging out at the Leadership Summit. Mm. Ooh, with leaders, with nice. pointy-headed managers, leaders, directors, VPs. I'm looking forward to it. Wow. CTOs. Oh my God! Doesn't get any more exciting than leaders like that. I'm going to bring safe pictures and just hand wow. them out like candy. <laughs> Did I just say that? I, you did. I can't. I got I to gotta cut safe a break. I really do. I need to stop. Uh, but I'm going to be down there for, for the week. Uh, you doing anything locally? Um,
0: Not through the end of the year.
1: Okay. Just taking it. Chilling is okay. Yep. Right? Chilling is, you need to take some sort of mm-hmm. refresh time. So Josh is refreshing. He's recharging his batteries.
0: <laughs> it takes a while. Okay. They're old. A-
1: any other announcements? No. Before we get, well, then let's get, we need to release this and get folks over to yeah, the Metacast. Yeah, well, let's get on to the episode. So, everyone, roles and responsibilities, rock and roll, baby cakes.
0: Oh, the cakes. Jeez, I'm piece. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. <laughs> and
1: I'm Bob Galen. <laughs>
0: You know what's weird is I've done I was this. trying to do the pregnant pause just <laughs> like you
1: did so did I'm no, I'm just a mirror of of my fa- oh. my favorite I just try to Come mirror on. my buddy over here
0: What's crazy is I've done this a hundred plus times, and sometimes I think you say your name first, no, even you, though it's not. You, yeah. I don't know what happens.
1: It's and it's okay. I mean, you know what? We don't have to be stuck in our protocols. But I like to. I like to just put you on the spot.
0: <laughs> like Bob, are you talking? so I could have bailed. Oh I, wait, I'm supposed to I could have bailed you out yeah. easily. But you would never do that. I would never do that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you can thank me later. So this this segue is great. Into our topic. What is our topic? Roles and responsibilities. Is that like, like I, roles? Like I heroes? I have the role of opening the Metacast. You have that role. Sometimes I stumble a little bit. Sometimes actually, you help me. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes I
1: let you sink <laughs> um, you, you know, what? actually using the Metacast as a, as a nice sort of example or metaphor, you have the technology. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, and it's a trade-off because you have the technology role – Uh, But I'm going to a conference, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking the other day, just thinking out loud. I'm like, oh, that would be a great opportunity to do metacasts, but I couldn't record a session to save my life.
0: I've got some ideas.
1: I don't know how to operate these. I've got
0: some ideas, but you know what I'm saying.
1: But but I'm not because you have that role and I don't. So so I'm not. You know, we talk about T shapes and things like Mm -hmm. that. I'm very eye-shaped, right? Yeah. What do I do? I quietly, what's my role in the Metacast? To quietly support you, to listen intently.
0: I was just going to go into what's my role. I say welcome to the Metacast and then silence for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, don't, but don't do that to me. I'm
1: too old for this. Don't make me laugh uh, like this. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. Josh, could you fill in the the, the <laughs> vacuum,
0: please? That was like Metacasters. We uh, were at a conference together last week, and we were eating lunch. And I was giving Bob my normal shtick about the fact that I never get to talk. Because we were doing a session t- together, and how I was excited I might get to say a couple words. And he was like, fine, fine, fine. I won't talk for the next hour. And like two minutes later. That's not true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think it was a 4 5 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I think it was at least 5.
0: Well, okay, maybe I was exaggerating five. So it was 5 minutes. It was 5 whole minutes for yeah, God's It say. was 5 minutes. I it... gave
1: you 5 minutes. I know. When does that happen? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was funny? Uh I've gotten I've gotten uh, chastised by people I I think I've heard face to face feedback, so I sometimes I get <laughs> sometimes I get you know email feedback. But a couple people listen to the medicast you were asking at uh, we, uh, says We were at Southern Front Agile, and and all, all kidding aside, uh, I did a, a pair presentation with Josh, and it's it's just a joy to do pair presentations yeah, with Josh. Fun. It was fun, and uh, and we played off of each other really well. So I just enjoyed the shit out of that, but. <laughs> Before the session and after the session, people who had listened to the Medicast came up and I got at least two or three people who complimented me, but at the same time they were telling me shut up a little bit. <laughs> and it was like and it was like a pattern. And I don't know where I don't know where it came from.
0: <laughs> I wish I could have hugged them. But it was like we
1: really love the MediCast. da, it provides all this value. Uh, but if we had one thing to offer you, you might want to let Josh talk more.
0: <laughs> you. Know, the great thing is, is I'm building up this myth. Like I have all these great things to say by just saying I should talk more. When really, there's, there's, there's nothing
1: there. No, it's not true. <laughs> you have stuff there, and people know that. No, it's I'm
0: a, enjoying running with this myth.
1: No, but it's. Yeah. I know, and it's, and it's funny. But it's like, and I'm like, thank you. I really, <laughs> I really appreciate. It. You're right. I'm self-aware, but it's a, it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I got to excuse myself, right? Uh, and you know there 's no excuse for me no, no uh so so the Southern fried agile talk, our peanut butter and jelly talk uh agile and football is like peanut butter and jelly. I think it went the metaphor worked really well uh the session uh we got some really good feedback from people uh who attended uh and we've we've uh, submitted it at other places. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if it if it uh, hits in some other conferences and things like that. But back to roles and responsibilities. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what frame it if you could, if you would. I don't know if I'm framing it right in my mind. So the
0: topic, is, if you could reframe it. So the topic of roles and responsibilities and how they should work with an agile team. There's lots of places that have very well defined roles and responsibilities. Almost maybe too well defined. Bob was telling a story prior to us getting started about where it's too well-defined and there's distinct barriers that you do not cross and then there's places where it's a bit more loosey-goosey and folks are wondering well who should be doing this what's the right answer where do we go so for me the goal is trying to give folks that three bears view of what's the right amount of roles and responsibilities and definition of what's right what's okay to do what when's it okay to be a little bit loose and let things slide a little bit versus having clear definitions of these are the five things you can do and these are the five things you can do. or What is the right level of that within a good agile team and what does that look like? I
1: mean, one of the things the scrum guide does a decent job of is if you look at the scrum guide, it talks about uh, the role of the team, the role of the scrum master and the role of the product owner very mm-hmm. specifically. And it has some bulleted lists. It's not trying to be overly prescriptive clearly. Right. Um, and it also – so it, it defines the role or the things that this role would do. I like the fact that they talk about the team. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about the developer or the tester. They talk about – or the business analyst. Uh, they talk about the team, the scrum master and the product owner, and they give some – they give examples of expectations. The other thing it does is it talks about interactions. Uh, so specifically it talks – if you read the scrum master section – there's a subsection that talks about uh, what the, how the Scrum Master serves the product owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, there's, and it talks specifically about interactions, like part of the interactive roles and responsibilities of how the Scrum Master can support, like scheduling meetings or right. helping uh, groom the backlog mm-hmm. uh, or helping order the backlog, right, just doing backlog stuff or user story stuff. Um, so there's a case where it's not what Bob Galen does. It's it's sort of overarching. I mean, I know the Scrum Master and the PO are specific roles, but then the team, it gives the team some sort of it, – it's not an individual role or responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's team-based over you know roles and responsibilities. Do you like that level? What do you think about it? I, so,
0: I, I greatly appreciate that because what that does is that gets people to focus on – we as a unit are responsible for shipping product, and that's why I try and get people to focus on is this is a group of people – will assemble them with all the appropriate skills, but it's not, Oh, there's a quality engineer, a software engineer, and maybe a technical writer or whatever. That, that's not what it's about. It's taking a group of people and assembling them to just continually deliver great software. And that's really what you need to focus on and try not to get wrapped around the axle on all the titles. If I, I do
1: this and I don't yeah, do this, right. I mean, that's the danger for me. And, and I've seen this for years. So I, um, I have a bias against uh, very detailed roles and responsibilities because what I've seen historically mm-hmm. is people have a job description. So let's say their roles and responsibilities are captured in a right. job description. And then I can't tell you how many times I've had a, a coaching conversation or a one-on-one conversation with someone and they're, and they're like, well, it's not in my job description. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why didn't you test yourself? Well, I don't do that. Right. I don't do laundry. I don't do windows. And and I only do what I do, and, and it's in my it's in my job description.
0: Keep going, I'm getting something.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so so my bias then, and it's my bias is against it, because I've seen this behavior. So I'm not saying it's totally bad, but historically I've seen this thing where people they look at the words, and I mean I'm I'm like they pick it yeah. up. Like if you say I will sweep my desk. But if it doesn't say throw it in the trash, then at the end of the day or at the end of a year, there's a pile of stuff at the end of someone's desk. Right. And they're like, well, I don't have to do that. I only have to sweep it. I don't have to clean it up. Uh, and, I, and I don't know if it's human nature or whatnot. Not everyone does this, but I've seen it as being like in a behavioral excuse or something like that.
0: Yeah, so I stepped away to grab a sign that one of our folks got me, um, and it's titled, That's That's Not My Job. And it's a story about four people where nobody did anything because everybody said it wasn't my job. They thought somebody else was doing it or anybody will do it or every, or everyone yep. will will do it. And that's something one of our folks bought me because I've been talking for a long time about that's not, that's not my job is nothing. You like, you should never say that it's, back to that team it's our responsibility to ship software exactly whatever you have to do to help make that happen it is your job
1: if you can right right if if you have the skills to do it and you should be developing those skills over time to be more flexible that's Mm -hmm. that's this discussion i don't know if we've talked about it i think we've talked about in previous Medicasts about i-shaped individuals versus t-shaped individuals and t-shaped people are trying to develop horizontally skills so if i'm a back-end developer I might be developing some front-end development skills not to become a front-end developer but to be be able to, like, code review front-end code or to be able to test front-end code or do unit, write a unit test for front-end code or whatever, right? Uh, Or to fix a problem in front-end code if the front-end folks are, like, out on vacation or having children. Or or they just need help. They just need help. They just need help. So it's sort of that you're trying to develop, you're right. Why don't you read that?
0: Uh, So it's, that's not my job. This is a story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There was an important job to be done, and everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job, and everybody thought anybody could do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. So it's a great sign. And, and, it is and, a great sign. And, and we pass it around. We put it on someone's desk. Really? So if somebody says, that's not my job, somebody runs over and grabs the sign oh. and puts it on their oh, desk. Oh,
1: how cool was that? Yeah. I
0: like that. So just, just just as a reminder within our culture of that's not okay to say. It's not okay to say, that's not my problem. So that's or, one of the problems. And
1: so you've seen that as well. With So if you have roles and responsibilities, it can have this anti-pattern. Right. Where people use it as a deflector screen or something like that and they really don't want uh, sometimes the more detailed it is, I've seen that where so so the level of detail like you're drilling into mm-hmm. I don't know you, uh, you you make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at 1135 every day right so very specific role and responsibility you can you can go to the bathroom five times per day, not four and not mm-hmm. six but five or whatever it is uh, it's too specific. But then people hang their hat on the, the mm-hmm. specific, specificity of it. Nice. Oh, that was hard for me. You know <laughs> the um, And they really mean it. So they're sort of, that's, that's what I do. A counterpoint, have you ever, you're probably too young for this, but years ago, Uh, you know if you got acquired as a company a Mm -hmm. lot of times the new management would ask you what do you do Mm -hmm. so they would say make a list of what do you do do you ever ever get anyone ask you that so I remember my wife once I I worked with my wife for a while and she was an administrative assistant and she felt threatened so what do you do when you feel threatened? She made this list. This
0: giant list. So it was
1: like 22 pages. <laughs> it was like I sharpened pencils. I sharpened number two-level pencils. I sharpened number three-level right. pencils, right? I sharpen them three times a day on average. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it was sort of this excruciating detail that's not helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can also – so staying out of the weeds, I think that's what the Scrum Guide does a nice job of. Not only does it have these containers, roll containers right. – but it, but the definition of what's in there is sort of at a high level.
0: And it's so hard to have a clear definition at a more granular granular level for everybody, right? Because what what's appropriate for you and the product that your team is building is way different than the product that I'm building. Absolutely. The, and there's going to be different needs or requirements and different tools and different skills that are needed to ship a product in healthcare versus shipping a video game.
1: Well, think if you have that level of detail, you're going to have to change it all the time. Right. Right, it's going to you're actually spend more time updating roles and responsibilities than you right. are on code, because if they at whatever level of detail, but you know, like stuff changes, mm-hmm. right? It's not just the different activities, but I mean, you know, technologies change, the business demands change, new people come in with new ideas, mm-hmm. old people leave and they take ideas with them or whatever. So you can't capture that in excruciating detail. You're right. Um, so roles and responsibilities. Uh, why don't we talk? shift gears a little bit, team lead. Mm-hmm. So I have a pet, I don't know if it's a pet peeve, but I've struggled with the notion of having team leads in agile teams. Uh, it could be a QA team lead. Uh, it could be a development cl- uh, team lead. It could be a team team mm-hmm. lead uh, who crosses the the uh, functions or the uh, skills of the team. What I want you to react to that. So
0: I'm in the same camp. I default to not defining a team lead because – well, I default to not defining that until you reach a level of maturity as an organization, so I am fearful of upfront if you're a shoe team shoe organization of defining a team lead because then human nature is oh, that person's the team lead I'm not going to worry about that that's not my job, so I strip that title out when when we start, to get everybody to think like, like that sign. Like everything
1: is my job. I
0: want everybody to think like a team lead. Now, as you scale, that doesn't that doesn't work. But initially, what I like to do is say, there are no team leads. We are all team leads. We all need to think like that. Right. And get that, that's, that, that's not my job, out of the vocabulary of an organization. So
1: maybe that's how you spin up new teams, yeah. is somehow you keep it neutral to begin with. I've seen that same uh, behavior. It's not even... I've actually seen it just with body language, so it's not even as uh, transparent as "that's not my job, mm-hmm. Bob will do that." Like code reviews, uh, let's say architectural integrity or, or design integrity and code reviews, uh, people will say, oh, I, "I don't do a code, re- you know, I won't do the code review." That's right, right. Bob's job as a team lead. Right? It might
0: not be someone saying it, but they're saying it by doing something. That the, the, the right. actions speak—they they scream at you.
1: Exactly. i see them in rooms. I mean, they look. Everyone looks at.
0: Bob, right? right? You know, so no one says anything. Right. Like a planning session or a backlog refinement, exactly. where A single person talks,
1: exactly. Yeah. And it's not them talking; they're actually do. They're a team lead, right? And they're doing. They're a good team lead. They're trying to foster team discussion, right? But every head in the room looks to them, right? Like there's a discussion, and it's like you should have like a dum dum. And what does Bob think? <laughs> <laughs> and then a decision is made. Uh, are we going to test it? Ba-dum-dum. What does Bob think? And you see this sort of behavior. So it is part of can it go to Bob's head, right? Mm -hmm. You can have bad team leads, but I also think even let's say you have an excellent team lead uh, who has all of the balance and all of the experience, it can still just having them there with that title can create these
0: behaviors. And that's just like when you told me to get out of the retrospective, right? Right. I was a good leader at the time. I was trying to do the right things for the right reasons, trying to get them to engage in the conversations that they needed to have. But I was the boss. So having the boss be there, the discussions that needed to be had weren't happening. Or I was unintentionally steering the direction. So once I got out of there and let that team operate as peers, they took off. So it's that same kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. I, I've told this story before I know on a Metacast, but – years ago I was at eye contact from two thousand nine to two thousand and twelve. Along the way at some point and we were at scale, we were as big or bigger than you guys are mm-hmm. but at some point the leadership just vanished in the teams. And not in every team. We had maybe ten to twelve teams, but right. but the majority of the teams, you know, one year everyone we were leading effectively, not having leaders. And then you know, after a year or something like that, I just noticed it's like no one's making we're, no one's making a decision. Like all the sign was in effect, right, right. Uh, all the time. And I'm like, well, what the hell happened? I don't know what happened. And I was trying to intervene with the scrum masters. I was trying to intervene in retrospectives as a coach, mm-hmm. not as a leader. I well, was a leader, but a coach. Uh, and I couldn't. No one would step up. I, you know, I think it was one of those plateaus. You know how sometimes at times agile teams are mm-hmm. accelerating. And then for whatever set of reasons they hit a plateau. I think we hit this plateau where laziness or right. complacency came in. So I had to declare leaders, and it, it was one of the worst decisions. And you know how I feel about right. it. I had to actually pick. I mean, I can do it. Right. I've done it for years. Right. But it, it, it doesn't was, feel good. It didn't. Not in an actual context. And you know how much I got this in my bones, right? right? And I, I mean, I apologize when I did the reorg announcement or the. Or, I know I apologize. I'm like I'm. I'm about to do something that I really hate to do. In fact, this is the last thing I want to do, but we, we lack lead. So I did, maybe in my defense, I explained myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm doing this because no one's freaking leading. And and I said, let's try this for six months. And I said, if if people start naturally leading, I said, that's what I want. So I want that natural leadership. Mm-hmm. I, usually, I Sometimes I use whack-a-mole. As a silly example of the leadership, you know the whack-a-mole thing, where right. s- the, the fair game where Beautiful. a mole st- sticks its little head up and then you hit it down? Don't get caught up in the hitting it down. But what I want is you know, a story comes in or a challenge comes in and someone on the team, their head comes up and mm-hmm. they're leading it. And then when they need a break, their little head goes down. And then when something else comes in, well, guess what? Another head comes up. It's sort of random. It makes sense. Right, I'm going to lead this because I have passion around it.
0: Right, because you have passion, you probably have good skill, you have Ex- some experience. Exactly, it's natural. It doesn't have to
1: be because I have like I have a, I'm a sergeant stripes on my right. on my shoulder, and so I, I did I did this announcement, and I even in the announcement I said it's a six month experiment, and I would like to withdraw it, mm-hmm. and I said my biggest challenge then is what do I do with the team leads? Right, because then I need to respectfully what take it away from them. Mm-hmm. With it, but I don't want to aggravate. I don't want to harm them, right? Right, et cetera. So, so it's it's not. I'll do it. I think it's second best uh, from that perspective. I, I think the healthiest agile teams, uh, even at scale, mm-hmm. even at scale, uh, have this natural whack-a-mole sort of. Right behavior in the teams. Now, at scale, sometimes you need coordination because of cross-team, mm-hmm. you know, cross-team projects and things like that. But
0: Yeah, so, so I think one of the things I'd like to talk through is the evolution we've had here at The Dude. So when we started, everybody was an engineer. That's it. There were no levels. There was no engineer one, two, three. There wasn't just we engineers.
1: I was really – I admired that when you did that. And you hired people in mm-hmm. under that. So, so you were hiring in people who had levels. Right. But you translated them in and you could explain the why.
0: Right. So, so we really focused on that. And then one of the things that we really struggled with is as as nice as that is internally, as good as that makes us all feel, there's still the reality of the external world of we need to give people views and growth so that way they might not work at the dude forever, but I want the dude to be a good experience for them, right? I want them to be able to show growth externally and get that next job. Hopefully it's here because we're growing like crazy. We're going to have lots of roles for them, but if they move on, I want them to look at the dude helped me get where I wanted to go.
1: So job levels, I mean, we're talking about roles and responsibilities, but you're sort of getting into job descriptions Mm -hmm. and levels. Like, junior engineer, engineer, senior engineer, principal engineer, stuff like that, right? Right. So initially everyone was an engineer. Right, just an engineer. Right. But over time as you that you sold that to five people and then maybe 10 people.
0: We got to about 10 or 12.
1: But then it starts not and and the team's grew, right? Yeah. So you were doing it for a year or right. a year and a half. So someone might have been hired as an engineer, but they they tr- you know, they're delighting you. Right. And the question is where do they go? Right. Right. Or how do they even talk in, You know, if a friend of them says, I'm a senior engineer, uh, and how do they have that conversation? Right,
0: so it was more about supporting them in the external world. Okay. right. We had a clear view of what everything looked like here.
1: So the role and responsibility here was level. The internal view was we're level. Mm-hmm. The external view was we'll have a ladder or
0: something right. like that. Yeah, so so we ended up with paths, and we have a one, one, two, three, and we're talking about a four, and really what that is is, is to separate folks. And as we've grown, the thing that we found that, that has added value is having definition around those roles and and having it be areas of focus. So it's not exclusive. It's not like a software engineer three are the only people that can do this. The thing that we talk about is it's like a tag cloud. So everybody has the same tags, right? So if you oh, think so about a like, website. I like that idea. These are the tags of the categories that the blogs are about. Everybody has the same categories, but a software engineer three, some of those tags are bigger because they focus more on that. And then the twos and threes have a different view of what the tag cloud looks like. It's slightly different, but they all have the same things. They're all thinking about the same things, but it's where they're, it's where we're asking them to spend their time focusing on. We don't need everybody to focus on everything, but, we need everybody to think about everything but focus on specific parts of the I what love they that. Do.
1: I love the analogy. You should write a, a blog post or something about it in all seriousness. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful, and the size difference, right? right? The, yep. that's a, that is a beautiful like, analogy. For right. It.
0: So we actually tried to write that up and try and draw it out for a engineer one this is what the tag cloud should look like. For an engineer two, this is what it should look like. For a three, this is what it should look that's, like. That's cool. I For like, an agile coach, this is what it should look like.
1: No, no, I like the visualization rather than lists and things like that. Mm-hmm. And be, you know, either exclude or include <clears> or something. But you, you know, you're just visual with it. So you're evolving that. What would I be if I was hired in here? What level would I would I be? A one?
0: Oh, we talked about. Or a one. half?
1: Is there? Do you have something like like a heifer?
0: we we uh, have talked about the need for an enterprise agile coach
1: but but answer my question would i be a halfer coach or something um, what would i so do you think i would pass what would my and another question what would my cloud look like <laughs> we no. would
0: have to simplify your cloud <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you might not have the same cloud. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to wear a cup next time. (laughs) I really am. You might be a single word cloud. (laughs) (laughs) But really, (laughs) this is,
1: all right, then we need to get back. You asked. No, no, I dug, I opened that hole (laughs) and you sort of, now did you notice? I'm like, I'm pleading with you to stop. (laughs) So a single word, very long. Very windy word. Yeah. Yes.
0: So the the other thing, the, the other analogy that we came up with is college. So you have majors and minors. So what is your major? What is your minor? What yep. are the things you really need to focus on? What yep. are the other things you need to think about, but shouldn't be taking up most of your time? So that's that's really helped as we've scaled in the number of squads and chapters. And how do I fit in as a one with this chapter? What should I be doing? How much should I be engaging? Because really, the one thing we want to do is we want to give those engineer one's a guide to how to become a two. So by doing these things, by focusing on these things, you are going to level up and you're going to be able to, so now you're level two. These are the things that, yeah, you kind of thought about that, but you're going to spend some more time doing that. Yep. Um, so giving them a path of how to succeed in their roles, in the job families of, of what they operate in.
1: Now, now, taking a step back, I've sort of, I, I use the uh, scrum guide as an example then I sort of – we both sort of have slammed, not totally, but uh, roles and responsibilities or job descriptions, mm-hmm. like in excruciating detail. I need to walk back a little bit. I do think there's incredible value in having a high-level list that provides clarity around what is expected of you. And even, even let's say, I could see it being a front-end engineer at, at some level mm-hmm. of what do we expect of you. If there's like what I've seen is role confusion in agile teams. Maybe I should describe it this way where it's nice to say everyone does everything, but what the hell does that mean? And where are the controls? If I can't, like, do you want me writing code here at the dude? No. And, and please, Please. my team doesn't want me writing code. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Do you want me right? And the answer is absolutely no. But in, but in this sort of, if I exaggerate the agile team, I can write code. I can check in code. I could destroy the, yeah, the, right. the integrity of. And from one perspective, I'm like, well, gosh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, in fact, I'm excelling. I'm, I'm, I'm stretching beyond the bounds of my capabilities, mm-hmm. and I'm agile. I'm a. It's a self-directed team. I self-directed. Uh, what I found is, is roles and responsibilities, in, in the way that the Scrum Guide defines them, and the way that you're doing it with the cloud. They are a centering place, mm-hmm. and not just to initially, uh, not just to initially uh, set them. But what we did at iContact is, I had to come back sometimes and remind people of roles and responsibilities. So we had them, but what I noticed is, as we hired people, as we grew, people forgot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like what what le- team leadership. If we didn't have team leads, we wanted we had to re-explain sort of the intentionality yeah. of the, sort of interpret the sign. And for folks, so it sounds weird, but quarterly, almost quarterly, yep. we would, in a meeting or something like that, or a town hall, I would just remind folks of, let's come back to center, and here's our core, I don't know, responsibilities. Here's our core roles and responsibilities at a team level. What do you think about I that? I resonate
0: with that completely. That's something that we've been talking about. If we can't talk about that too much. It's impossible to have too much clarity on those things. And at the rate that we're growing, we're hiring a team per quarter. There's a group of seven people that have never heard that. There's a group of another seven people that have heard it once. Exactly. So the folks that have been here a long time. What I've said to them is like, "Listen, bear with me. You're going to hear this over and over and over again, but we have to make sure we are intentional about the culture and how we operate I, I, and ensure the next batch is in line with it's almost Robert
1: unapologetic it. it's yeah. like just just get used to it right and we, not only is it for those folks that think they know it but listen open your ears up mm-hmm. because you may have missed the nuance or we may be changing the nuance a little bit but mm-hmm. I found so it's not just writing them so I sound anti but I'm actually pro at the right level and then I think for Agile sort of getting the culture right you have to be relentless about reminding folks of these are our values Mm -hmm. right Uh, and use terms like t-shaped use terms like you know you know sort of value or whatever it is but we would we would have a reset Mm -hmm. and it was it was useful and people would remind me and i was a resistant and i was i was the leader so this was my job and i'd be like nah, we don't need to do that and the scrum master would be like bob we're getting role confusion. So right. they would use my own my own model against me. They're like, remember whack a Well, the little heads, multiple heads are popping up, and they're going down halfway, and they're hitting each other on the little head, and they have role confusion, Bob, uh, and that's okay. We need to sort of center a little yeah. bit. So I, I think there's this natural role confusion that can happen. So not having them at all I think would be bad. Mm-hmm. Like having just throwing, well, be an exaggeration, throwing 10 people in a room and saying being a serum team. Yeah. Right. read the scrum time read the scrum guide be a scrum team I'm going to go away have a burger and, and I I'll like come, that plan and I'll come back for great <laughs> a burger and a beer and I'll come back for great results, results. exactly yeah. I, I don't know if that works
0: no it would not right would not. So, so to me the moral of the story of what we're talking about is it is the three bears of find the right amount of roles and responsibilities if you go too granular you're going to get some really bad habits and, it, and it's going to become the not my job challenge that you have with the sign yeah um but if you don't give enough then it's folks start to wander and wonder and try and figure things out and they try and do the right things for the right reasons but the guardrails help give them clarity on what they should be focusing on so trying to find the right size for the roles and responsibilities there is no magic answer it's just if you have definitions that clarify like you said a route, I don't clean up my desk, right? Or I do clean up my desk. Then you've gone too far. Absolutely. So trying to really evaluate that, and maybe just ask your people, ask them, hey, what do you think about the roles and responsibilities that we have defined? Is it too much? Is it not enough? Get some feedback.
1: Well, and and, and engage your coaches or your scrum masters. And I mean, I'm literally let's call it role confusion, and it can be. I see it. It's pretty common anti pattern in agile teams. So if if you if they don't see it. Well, then you're good. If they start seeing it, then you need to do something. Mm -hmm. Maybe have another conversation. And don't be asleep at the wheel. Yeah, not at all.
0: Keep a pulse on it. Keep a monitor on it. And really good agile coaches and scrum masters, just like yours did, are going to recognize that. And they're going to call leaders out and say, we need to fix this. Absolutely. I need your help. Help us make this happen.
1: You did something here that I want to come back to. Uh, So let me get it right. But you don't have testers. I mean, you have testers and developers. But you have merged them, uh, or at least there's not. You can have tester job descriptions and developer job descriptions, mm-hmm. I imagine. But from a team perspective, they're parts of the team. So you haven't, ha- you don't have many silos in your scrum right. teams Right, is, the, is a better way to describe it. Uh, I, I think from a roles and responsibilities, the, less, the more we can merge them. So you want to honor the job description of a tester, let's say. Versus a Scrum Master, mm-hmm. versus developers or architects, but when you're doing roles and responsibilities at the team level, I think that's where the Scrum Guide gets it right. They talk about the team. So when you're do- Metacasters, when you're doing this stuff, if you have all of these silos, you're- I think you're doing yourself a disservice. Sort of by default, you're mm-hmm. reinforcing handoffs and things. So if you can start blending those together. When you talk about the team roles and responsibilities, I think you'll get better results if you can do that. And you've done that here, right?
0: Right. And to me, it's just like we said at the start of boiling it down to we are a group of people that have differing skill sets that are responsible for shipping great product. Yep. Whatever it takes to make that happen in that moment, that's what we need to do. Maybe I'm a software engineer, but we need to write some more tests. So I'm going to jump in and help the quality engineers write the tests or extend the framework or do whatever is needed to help us ship.
1: Man, you got me psyched there, Josh. That sounds like a wonderful way to to end the Metacast. You were just passionately talking about it. I am. So how do you feel about this? Stick a fork in it? Yes. All right. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.